This is Connor. And this is Paul. And welcome to Silver Silver Screamers. Screamers. Your genre Mr. Hopping decade trotting film podcast. Scream Macres Revless. What's that? What's that? Uh, Silver Screamers. That's that's it. I'm so clever. I'm so smart. Week three of rom-coms. We're flying through these. We, this is the most we've ever recorded in a row. In fact, I haven't seen anyone apart from you since the last time we recorded. Don't, don't, say, don't say it with such disdain next time. <laughs> we're, we're nearly finished our two-week quarantine, but it might go on. Yeah, we've, we've been sick for the last... Well, we haven't been sick sick for the last two weeks. We've been just self-isolating because of the whole COVID-19 crisis that is going on at the moment. And But we are getting more podcasts recorded than ever before yeah i got tested not two hours ago so don't use this microphone <laughs> <laughs> i'm um, pretty sure if you have it i have it well yeah, yeah, yeah. so we both have the same kind of symptoms or we, yeah um weird connor and i both and the same phone call may we were booked for testing but then i got a text message this morning with an appointment for this evening and connor hasn't heard but i guess we only really need one of us but I say you will get a test nonetheless. It just might be in a few more days. Maybe they might. They might. Maybe you're at the bottom of the list, and uh, then I'll I'll be tomorrow. Bottom but of the list. I, excuse like you. Like when I was going down through the list for high people. priority. They, yeah, were, they sure. saw my name and they were like, "We gotta get that Paul guy tested." <laughs> Connor. Back him. Now maybe you're like maybe they were going down through the list of people to call, and then you were right at the bottom there, and then I'm the next that's one. How that's yeah, how, that's it how it works. That's how it works. That's what they do. To be honest, the doctor said, oh, you're just really a statistic at this point because you're kind of, you know, you're over the worst of it at this point and you're really only getting tested to... If, if we have purposes. it, though, if we have it and we come out the other side, we'll be... <laughs> if we come out the other side. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we have it and... It, well, it looks like if we if, if we had it, we've obviously got an okay version of it and we're not, you know, we're... we're we're fine we don't have any bad symptoms it means probably our immune system is quite healthy and yeah but also it means that um it looks like we're immune uh, that's not factual but i think mo- the, most people are saying you can only get it once that seems to be the science so if we're immune to it that means that's fantastic it means we, we can go back in. we're part of the herd we're part of the herd yeah. immunity now we, we can go back in and into the community and my dad even suggested lick some faces or no <laughs> my dad even suggested volunteer <laughs> I go to volunteering to help out and you're like, yeah, let's lick some faces. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you're allowed to do that at the best of times, Uh, Con. I don't think that's just because of COVID. Social norms. I can't volunteer because I'm working. Well, maybe at the weekends. weekends You have the week off, but I mean, you can't do it yet. Yeah, Connor and I were meant to be in... If... In a different world without COVID-19, right this second, we would be in Marrakesh. We'd be Doing having something. We'd be um, having a tagine. Yes. Sharing a hookah. That's a hookah, not a hooker. A hookah. A hookah. What's a hookah? A hookah. Like one of those things that you like suck like apple flavored. A shisha. A shishka, yeah. You can call them hookahs too, right? Hookahs? Never heard of that. I hope that's a thing. I'll edit it. It probably is not. a hooker or something. <laughs> hookah or a shishka. Just going through the markets, we'd be having lots of hummus. However, yeah, we're obviously not. But on the plus side, 
we get to record this podcast. We get to talk about SO Trot, SEO Trot. Arguably the first proper rom-com we've done insofar as Miro's Wedding and Sex and the City. Romantic elements, but essentially friendship films. This is yeah. definitely about romance. Yes. Uh, Sex and the City... Would it be? Is that a rom com? It's more like a, a comedy drama or something. Or I mean, there's. I mean, I mean, I would think Big and Carrie. That the central plot point is their wedding and their. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I would. Say, I, I think it is a, a romantic comedy. But no, this is. There's no argument. Esso Trot is a rom com. So. Not uh, yeah, more on the more on the rom rather than the com. I think there's not there's not no, a whole bunch of comedy in it really. Not, I mean, name a rom com that's hilarious. Go on, name one. Uh, I'll name three. Go on later on when I think of like rom coms aren't side splittingly funny films. They're gentle little. You know, they're, they're gentle laughs. Like, oh, isn't it funny? She she fell down, <laughs> and oh, it's it's funny because he thinks that I don't know. Like, rom coms are not hilarious films. They're like Mean Girls. Is that be rom com? No, that's not a rom com. I don't. What? No. Okay. That's like a teen flick. flick. Teen teen comedy. Like rom coms, like My Best Friend's Wedding and Four Weddings and a Funeral and Love Actually. This is a terrible genre to pick. I blame it on. <laughs> but you picked it. <laughs> I picked it on the back. On, on, on uh, uh, I would say Harold and Maude is a rom com, to be honest. Oh yeah, fair. So they're not like they're not laughing out loud funny. I, I was I would think Bridesmaids is very funny, but again, Bridesmaids, the central uh, plot. I, laughed, I I lolled a few times at Bridesmaids. I have yeah, to say. but the central plot on Bridesmaids isn't about the, the romance. The romance. It's about the friends. The friendship. Yeah. So I think yeah. So I think I think Esso Trot is perfectly is a, is probably our most the one of the three rom coms we've picked. This is the most stereotypical rom comy. And what a good, what a good little uh, easy, I would imagine, uh, role for Dustin Hoffman and Judy Dench to get in their later years. What great roles for them to get. And whoever the third actor is, you know, you're you're acting opposite Dustin Hoffman and Judy Dench. Mr. Pringle or James Mr. Gordon? Mr. Pringle. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm doing the. You're doing the 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 summary. The summary. Do you? I I, I am confident that I shall get this. I not a lot happens in this movie, so you should get through the whole story in under two forty. I would imagine. Let's see. Let's see. I'll be like a tortoise. I'll be nice and slow and detailed. Okay, on your marks, get set, go. Okay, so we meet James Corden, who's the narrator, and he tells a story, and that's all we need to talk about him. And he tells us about a guy called Mister Hoppy, who's played by Dustin Hoffman. And Mister Hoppy is a retired uh, gent, American man living in. England and he has two passions in his life his garden and the lovely lady who lives in a flat below Mrs. Silver and she is played by Judy Dench and he is absolutely infatuated with her and he has been in love with her for five years since she moved into the flat just below him and um, she uh, she is really preoccupied by one thing which is her little tortoise Alfie and she loves Alfie and she's actually she's the most sweet character everything in the world is roses for her she's adorable and she loves everything and she's a very happy person very positive person and she's a widow and the only little thorn in her side is that Alfie is quite a small tortoise 
And Mr. Hoppy hears this, and he's like, hmm, so if I made your tortoise grow, I'd make all your dreams come true. And she's like, yes, you would. So he's like, meh, 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 meh. So he comes up with this ploy, and he's very dishonest, and he fools her. Uh, he writes this poem, or chant, he calls it a chant, which is basically tortoise, tortoise, grow big, grow big, but it's backwards. And what's tortoise backwards? Esso Trough, which you might remember is the name of the film. So she says this to her tortoise three times every day. He goes out to a pet shop and he buys like hundreds of tortoises, far more than he really needs, but he gets loads of them. And there's some hijinks about how he gets them down there, uh, but he eventually starts swapping them a little bit at a time, so she doesn't quite notice. And uh, there's a, there's more hijinks where she comes to this flat and has dinner with another neighbour, Mr. Pringle, and she, how are we for time? Just open uh, 48 seconds left uh so she uh they they kind of fall for each other over dinner but then mr pringle asks on a date but we all know that mr pringle's horrible she's not gonna like mr pringle and then she notices that alfie has doubled in size and she's thrilled and she asks mr hoppy down to her apartment and then he says will you marry her and she's like whoa that came out of nowhere um and she's a bit bit uh, during the headlights and then Mr. Pringle comes seconds. in Mr. Pringle comes in and he has a tortoise in his hand and he's like oh Mr. Hoppy was playing a trick on you Mrs. Silver and she's like oh no I really liked you and then Mr. Dustin Hoffman's really upset but then and he, he plans to move but then she comes up and she's like you didn't need to do all that I liked you anyway yes I will marry you and they get married and they dance and James Corden children is their page boy and flower girl and they all live happily ever after boom <laughs> Very good. Just a minute. You're Don't you dare criticize me. I was editing your sex in the city wood. You, you, you were that you was started you started nice and slow and easy and then you gradually it'll actually fit well with the music because it kinda of goes it grows in, in tempo and the Yes, I planned it that way. Yeah. <laughs> well it was much better than my Sex in the City one, which is rubbish. To be fair, this wasn't a di- this wasn't a challenge. It's this a very film is very sweet, straightforward. Very sweet, very straightforward. Man loves woman. Man comes up a ploy to get woman. A little thing happens which knocks him off track. Uh, eventually, they get together. That's about it. What's your experience with Roald Alcon? I've read some of his books and I've seen Such lots out. of his films. I've read Matilda. I've read uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I've read James and the Giant Peach, although I don't really remember that very well. BFG, uh, The Witches. So I've read he's, a few of them. He's a good writer. He's a good writer and he's very prolific and he's, good God, he churned them out. Well, he probably has about, I'd say he has about 30 books. Well, that's a fair amount, isn't it? Yeah, but they're all quite, yeah. The one thing about Roald Dahl that's fantastic is he did not have a formula. Like there are definite, definite little stylistic things that are very rolled out, and I think this film does have them. I know you said this doesn't seem very rolled out, but there's a certain charm and a certain, even with his characters' names, like Mister Hoppy and and stuff, that are very rolled out. Uh, but he never, there's no formula. Like the story to. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory couldn't be any more different to The Witches, which couldn't be any more different to... The the one book of his that I read that I feel it doesn't quite fit his typical... That that, that doesn't seem like a Roald Dahl book is Danny the Champion of the World. Did you ever read that? No, I didn't read that. And then there's, is there a boy going solo? Well, Flying Solo is a biography, so I guess. Uh, yeah. Fair enough. And he wrote Boy, which is another biography. He wrote two biographies. Going Solo was a... He was, in the, he was a fighter pilot in the war. Oh yes, and I I didn't read Going Solo, but I read extra. I have the Roald Dahl Treasury. I think it's is it there? 
we're looking at our bookcase it's there somewhere yeah you see just by the artist's way it's about the eighth book in on the left on the bottom shelf yeah. this is a great podcast great material, podcast material yeah. <laughs> that was a birthday present from my parents when i was about 10 and i've read it cover to cover like millions of times it's all of Rodale's books it's not it? all of his novels but it's it is it's kind of it's got extracts from all of his novels and it's got all the small books are totally in there so the so the draft Petty and me is in there the enormous crocodile and esso trot is there in full all oh, right, I might read that sometime. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's it's a treasure. It's fantastic. Um, and Esso his style of, or not his style, but uh, he had an illustrator. The illustrations were always very similar. Do you know the illustrator's name? I can't remember. Quinton Blake. Quinton Blake. Quinton Blake. Quinton Blake. Quinton Blake. Quinton so you look so proud of yourself when you say that. Quinton Blake. Quinton Blake is it? Quinton Blake got an MBE for doing the drawings. Not just for well, he he does um, David Williams books now. Oh, right, okay. But he got an MBE about five years ago, the same day that Kate Bush got an MBE. Is that the word MBE? It's not quite MBE. A, I remember the British. Yeah, word. the two of them Empire. for like like. Or there's MBE and OBE. 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 Yeah, I think order OBE. of the British Empire. Yeah, that's what he got. Him and Kate Bush got it on the same day for like their contributions to British arts, I guess. Okay, because Judy Dench, Dame Judy Dench, Judy Dench have an OBE, I think, is it? Well, if she's a dame, What's she's got a damehood. That's different. Kate Bush is isn't a dame. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, that's like that's a, like a higher honor again. Oh, right, okay. So I would, I, I think Kate Bush would be a dame, but what else? Yeah, no, I love Roald Dahl. I, th- I kind of think he was kind of a... Roald Dahl. Roald, funny name, Which it? is a funny name, yeah. Is he Swedish or Norwegian? Norwegian. He's Norwegian. Which is oh, funny because he's an extractor. Was he actually Norwegian? No, he was brought up in Norway, but I think he lived in England for most of his adult life. Like his books have this Englishness to them, quite British, very British. Uh, he was he when he was fighting in the war. Was it uh, for England, for the UK? I mean, probably. I don't know. Probably not. It wasn't like he was in Africa. He was stationed in Africa with the British. I guess forces. so. I guess so. I don't okay. know. I don't know. I didn't do my research on Rodin. <laughs> he, his daughter is Sophie Dow, the model. Yes. And he based Sophie in the BFG on her. Oh, right. Okay. Uh-huh. And he also wrote adult books. Like he wrote like a lot of stories for the Twilight Zone and all these kind of weirdy books. And he, yeah, he was, he could be quite dark, couldn't he? he very could, dark. He could be quite, I mean, this um, is probably the only story of this like is a pink of it isn't dark. This and it was his color. last book he ever wrote before he died. Oh, right. Okay. Certainly the last one. Uh, you couldn't even call this a novel. It's a, it's a the short novella. Story almost, yeah, or novella. Yeah. But it is a children's book, but the main characters are like an elderly couple. Isn't that so They're Sort of peculiar? like grandparents almost. Yeah. Well, in the, in the drawings, Mrs. Silver is quite like, she's not really like Judy Dench. Mr. Hoppy is just like Dustin Hoffman, but Mr. Silver is more, she's got blonde hair and she's, I think she's meant to be about maybe about 50 and she's meant to, and she's much taller than Mr. Hoppy and she's all, like, she's got like a little glamorous 80s hairdo and you can just see Mr. Hoppy being, t- you know, thinking this, Lady is the hottest thing ever. Tall model, not tall, just like a bit. Let's see if I can. It's just Google it, guys. I'll show Connor later. (laughs) It's a podcast. There's no point in me showing pictures to Connor. Uh, But it's beautiful. I mean, Quentin Blake is so. His drawings are almost as iconic as yeah rolled out. And I don't don't feel they're very complicated drawings. No, they're very simple, and they're just watercolors as well, like very very simple touches. I could do that. 
my my one of my earliest memories of of of, of a story is my my parents had the enormous crocodile on cassette. And did you ever read that? I feel I, or maybe I listened to it as well. I feel I have heard, either read it or heard it or something. Yeah. It's a, it's one of his younger, young. I mean, he wrote was so talented. He he had stories for like five year olds. He had stories for like ten year olds with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and then like older books with like the witches and and Henry Sugar is almost an ad, a young adult novel, and then he had his novels for adults like he was so so talented but the enormous crocodile was for very young kids and it's about a crocodile who just basically is going to eat lots of children and he tries to do that but that was my one of my first books on tape i remember as a very young kid listening to it before bed every night and my parents every night yeah no actually i do remember we had an old repeating uh, things we had an old really old book with uh fairy tales in it and whenever my grandparents would be babysitting us <clears throat> I used to bring out this book and I used to be like read that one read that I used to be fascinated with the artwork like there was this yeah, yeah, kid would, walking with cheese on his head home and it was you know melting and this kind of stuff you would analyse it and, and the take Billy everything in and, yeah. yeah I mean we have a nephew Alad who's three and a half and he's the same he like likes the same stories read to him over and over and over mm. and even this, the enormous crocodile is quite repetitive in the way it's written as well but yeah, yeah, no, he's a wonderful writer. This, the book, though, uh, for the film, they, they beefed it up considerably. Oh, right. In the film? Yes. So... They must have... They it must have been very, very short because, I mean, it's only an hour and 28 minutes. Long. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't think it seems padded. I think they did a good job. So, for instance, James Corden isn't doesn't, doesn't the donorator no and, and, and honestly Although, to be honest that probably only adds about two minutes to it I mean he's not in it for ah, a whole lot he's got a couple of scenes I actually think that's the worst part of the film it's just what's your thoughts on James Corden I think he did a flying job I thought I thought the narration didn't bother me and you know kind of ties in nicely at the end there's something a bit irritating about James Corden I don't he's very unpopular and I don't like to jump on a bandwagon of of like, oh, I don't like someone because everyone else does, but and I don't hate him, but he's not charming. Big yawn, con. Oh, sorry, I'm working. You're on a week off with your big glass of wine. I'm having a beer, but <laughs> I had a huge walk today and I got tested for COVID nineteen. Yeah, well, I was working hard trying to keep the organization I work for afloat. <laughs> My heart bleeds for you. Go on, tell us your thoughts on uh, James Corden. Jesus. I I quite like James Corden. I think he uh, is quite charming and quite funny, and I think his uh, carpool karaoke is quite fun. And I think in this, <clears throat> I think he does a fine job in this. I mean, it's also whimsical, isn't it? Like he's stepping through frames, frames on the way to collect his daughter from school yes. and he's like oh I've missed my bus that's oh. not, I mean that's 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 just how the, the script know, was written I know, I mean, that's I just, not his fault I just I don't I didn't find it nearly it was the only part of the film I didn't find charming I was kind of thought it was charming and particularly when he picks up his daughter and she's like have you told them about the death scene yet yeah that was cute but that was her not him <laughs> Yeah, I, I, just, I thought it was fine. Anyway, that's new. Um, the scene where Dustin Hoffman th- puts the ladder, the rope ladder, to get to her apartment. Yes. And and then 
he falls down that's all new and that frustrated me to no end you were, you were shouting at the it's tv st- why would you do that okay, why so would you do that there, his, i lied earlier on when i when i said his he has a that they communicate via their balconies his balcony is above hers but it's not directly above hers is like a little bit to the left yes so had he put the rope ladder over the balcony on the left he would have just climbed straight down to a balcony yeah but he I put, don't understand. They put the rope ladder over the front of his balcony. What was he going to do? I bet they made the set and they were like, uh, crap. Um, they would make much, so much more sense if he just put it over to that side. Well, then he wouldn't have the whole... But then we can't have this calamity. Then he wouldn't have that whole stupid where he would slip. And, and then he like attaches it to a mop. I mean, as if a mop was going to hold his weight. And then he climbs through a flat. And then we find out later that's James Corden's kids. Oh, it's all Oh, my God. So then he, yeah, so that scene's new. The scene where he sponsors Judy Dench for the, the dancing. dancing. That's fun. Is, it's so fun. So they, they keep meeting each other in the lift, coincidentally. How gorgeous does she look in it? Every scene. And yeah, she, she has does. a different she outfit has a different for every outfit. season. And she seems to be real, uh, you know, zest for life. She's going out into the world and she's doing dance classes and she's doing uh, different things. She doesn't walk anywhere. She dances. Like every time she's moving, she's like, la, 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 she said, la. She said, like, she's, uh, she's a widow. <laughs> she seems to have gotten over it. She's a merry widow. Yeah. Like in, in winter, she's got this, every, she's just internally joyful because in winter, she's got this gorgeous, like, fur and she's like, oh, I love that. Christmas, I love this time. My I love time Christmas, here. I love spring. And, 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 and autumn, she's wearing this beautiful comes. autumnal stuff, and she's like, "Oh, I'm so glad the summer's over." Yeah. What does she wear in, in summer? Is that just her summer dress? I think it's just a summer dress, and a flowery like, dress. Yay. And then in spring, she's dressed up as a bunny. Yeah, for Easter. <laughs> and she's got her little Annie or the orphan wig plunked on her head, and the film. It my favorite thing about this film. Well, I love films about old people, but. We have Judy Dench, a woman at this stage well into her 70s. 80? Now 80. I think at this stage she was about 78. This is 2015, is it? Yeah. I think she's about 80 now. And <laughs> the film treats her as, like, desirable. Well, absolutely, it would have to the, because I mean that's the story he well, desires. Well, yeah, I, I know that, but it would have been it would have been very simple for them to to uh, to cast. A, uh, this would have worked if they had hired a woman about fifty who was about fifty. But they were like, no, we're going to hire a woman. The we're same. having Judy. We're having Judy Dench, and the f- she's got her lovely. So the first shot of her, she comes. She was eighty one in this. She was eighty one in this film. Yes, she nineteen thirty four. So she's eighty six now. Wow, that's am- they made an eighty one year old woman. I'm surprised in Cats she was able to get her leg up so high. What? <laughs> Cats. <laughs> so there you go. We have an eighty one year old woman, and she's not a granny. She's not mother. She's not considered. Not that she's not maternal, but that's not her role. This eighty-one-year-old woman is is considered beautiful, and like the first shot of her, we have her with her like plunging neckline, and she's got and her she's little a bit of a cougar because Justin Hoffman was only seventy-eight when oh. this was made. <laughs> there, uh, and I, I I love that 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 we have this mature woman. She does have her boobies out, actually. She had her boobs in, shoved in up summer, under her chin. In, in, in summer, when she's out in her summer dress on her balcony, and Mr. Hoppy comes over, and he's looking down, and you can see And then the later on, we're skipping ahead, but later on when we discover that, actually, the reason why she always looks fabulous is because she's planned all these things. 
and we see the scene where she like throws off her shawl and it's like it's like this uh, dramatic like slow motion as she just emerges and it's awesome when you figure out that uh, or when she says at the end that she's you know she's timed it so she'd be in the lift every time he's in the lift and uh, it cuts to her you know looking at the balcony seeing him come and then she's running to get the lift and all that I thought that was quite sweet yeah it's very sweet it's very sweet and the two of them are enjoying themselves it's a, it's a great role for the two of them I, I think they're both marvellous in the role I, I mean I don't think it's not challenging for it's them it's not a challenge I mean I don't think I can't I don't think either of them did much prep for it no. but they have a lot of they have great chemistry they do I'd say they're friends in real um, life I'd it, say they're kind of, kind I of mean friendly. they're both been in the game donkey's ears you know I'm sure they've have they been in anything before together well the thing about Judy Dench is she's only really become an A-list actor in the last 20 years it's not like she was famous when she was in her 30s and yeah, 40s that's true yeah. but she was more of a theatre actress yeah yeah both Oscar winners can you tell me what uh, did he win for The Graduate I thought he won for Kramer v Kramer Maybe he did. Um, uh, did she win for the... She's won for... She got a Lifetime Achievement Award. Oh, did she? I thought she... I mean, she, I mean when I... She not, not actually, but I mean, the, a film that she won an Oscar for isn't the film that she deserved her Oscar for. The Notebook or something? Notes on a Scandal? She's, no, and she was wonderful in that. But no, she not for that. What was it for? It was Best Supporting Role for Shakespeare, Shakespeare in Love. Oh, for God's sakes. She was only in it for about 10 minutes. It was very much just say, okay, well, you're you you're an actress. You've done fantastic you've done stuff. Uh, this is a weak year for best supporting. Now, here you go. Now off you go and enjoy yeah. making James Bond. She, and I stuff. think she was nominated for Mrs. Brown, where she played Victoria. I could be wrong, but the one she won for is definitely Shakespeare in Love, and she was nominated for Notes of a Scandal. Yeah, she's very she good at that. Excellent in that because she normally plays quite sweet characters. She normally plays quite. Uh, no, no. I mean, M in Bond was quite hard. That's fair. And that's fair. Queen Victoria wasn't particularly nice. Really, I thought. I don't know she, Mrs. Brown. She was. I haven't seen that film. I mean, I think she was nice to Jimmy Connolly. Yeah, Billy Connolly. Billy Connolly. Jimmy. Connelly. Didn't she also play? Was it? Did she play? Did she play Queen? Reprise the role of Queen Victoria recently. For Victoria and Abdul, but that film wasn't mm. didn't go down very well um, because it, it depicted like oh how charming the relationship was when actually Indian people were treated pretty poorly at that time. Yeah. I think yeah, she does a mixture. I mean, in nine she was kind of soft and sweet-ish, I suppose. Um, Judy Dench is the is a first for Silver Screamers. Do you know what it's a she's a first for? to be the first actress in two movies that we've reviewed. Yes! Well done, Judy. Well, we also spoke a lot about Cats. And she's and we spoke a lot about Cats, so it wasn't an official one. So Judy Dench is, by and far, is that a thing to say, that people say, by and far? By and large. By and large. <laughs> Does that fit the context of what I'm about to say? I don't there? know what you're going to say, hon. <laughs> by and large, the actress that we've featured the most. Yeah, that doesn't sound right. But anyway, Judy, yeah. you've been featured in two official and probably the film we've spoken about the most that was an official film, Cats. Yeah, you're into. You're so in, Judy Dent, you're in three silver. That's why she's films. a dame. She, I mean, that's so how you get an OBEs. Meryl Streep hasn't been mentioned Hashtag in one. Mentioned. Have you noticed that Meryl Streep not on a Silver Screamers podcast? Judy Dent. I'm pretty sure we've mentioned her. 
We can't get through a movie podcast, you know, Go on. 11 weeks and have not have mentioned Great. Meryl Streep. Well, this is when you guys come in. Fans, you thousands of listeners. We had 15 listeners to Sex in the City. Well, I mean, that's only a week old. Less than a this week old. This is true. We had 42 for uh, Hitler. Well, that was thanks to Yvonne. Probably. Anyway, <laughs> for those that out there listening, let us know when we've mentioned Meryl. I don't think we have. <coughs> So I would be surprised the reason I'm saying this is because I Meryl Streep, fine actress, fine actress. Paul has his thing. Go on. Paul loves Sissy Spacek and Angelica Houston. And anytime there's any movie go or part in a movie goes to Meryl Streep, he's like Sissy Spacek would have been great in that role. Or Ange- uh, Angelica Houston would have been fantastic in that. Don't role. get me wrong, Meryl Streep, fine actress, fine actress, most no, celebrated actress I don't, ever. When I say fine, I don't mean she's grand. I mean she is a fine actress. A fine, yeah. She thing. is a very, very good actress. Very, very good. No, actress. no, excellent I'm sure actress. Meryl Streep. No, 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 no. She's an excellent. She's an excellent actress. She's an excellent actress, but. There are so many other actresses out there that are as good as her that I feel make more interesting decisions when they act. And I just find it a bit... When I know that Meryl Streep is cast in a role, I kind of go, okay. Ooh, that was loud. Okay, I know exactly what Meryl's going to do, and it'll be grand, but it's not, it's not exciting. But for the, the post, remember the post a few years ago? Yes, that wasn't great. It was okay. It was fine. Meryl Streep, perfectly fine in the film. Uh, more than fine. Great in the film. But just picture Angelica Houston in that role. She would have made way more interesting choices. But maybe Angelica Houston isn't going for these roles, hon. Maybe Meryl Streep is. Oh, for goodness sake. Them. Don't be daft. Angelica Houston would kill for... Uh, you have to write... You're a... Uh, part-time writer you should write a script and you should cast i want to sissy write a spacek script. and angelica i want to write a script right with sissy spacek angelica houston whoopi goldberg and dan wiest oh yeah and the four of them get together and do all hell breaks uh, loose do just do some good acting and i don't know what it is but just that's a good film i think you should i think you need to expand your representation of various groups what do you mean well, you know, you need an Asian person there represented. You should have a gay person represented. I mean, you should expand your I've representation got, of various I've written groups. a film with four, for, with four roles for women, all of them over 60. That's, That's one bloody group. fantastic. <laughs> you haven't written anything yet. You need to get on that. <laughs> no, I haven't written. Anyway, my point is, and to be fair, Judy Dench isn't one of the actors that I get super excited about. Judy, I like Judy. I li- I didn't say I didn't like her. I think she's. And I she think she doesn't get me. The the four actresses I just mentioned there. Whoopi go. Another thing is we see Judy Dench. There's plenty of options to see Judy Dench. There isn't. For, if you're an Angelica Houston fan, it is tough going out there to get a good role in <laughs> and modern you times. And I have looked. Sissy Spacek. What about Prissy's Honor? That was that was that was Angelica Houston. Prissy's Honor is forty years old. <laughs> Adam's family, twenty years old, and can I just say, 
fantastic. Okay, if Morel Street, we've we've totally we'll go back to Esotrop, but let's face it, <laughs> it's a it's there's not a lot of meat on the bones. We have to go off on tangents for this episode. Morel Streep in Adam's family. But no, she would have made Morticia larger than life. She would have been as camp as Christmas, and we would have gone. That's great. Angelica Houston, no. Angelica Houston made the role <laughs> subtle and soft. Her was she was delicate, and that's I'm, why the, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to Angelica Houston <sighs> month. <laughs> Paul's gonna have a lot to say. I just think she's a underrated actress, and she's also more interesting. We saw her recently. She was in John Wick three. I mean, John Wick. She's there. You go. Meryl Streep could have done that. She got she got the role. Fair play to her. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Steam talking calling calling me patronizing for Meryl Streep. Um. Anyway, there we go. Anyway, there back we go. to SEO. Back Trot. to SEO Trot. What do you think of Dustin Hoffman's character, Mister Hoppy? It was great. No, what do you I, think of the character? Oh, the character. Well. I mean, another. Uh, I was talking earlier on about changes. Changes were you? that the the film made that the book didn't. The, the, oh the, right, yeah, yeah. In the book, it ends after he he asks her to marry him, and she says yes, and that's it. And she never discovers that he tricked the secret. Her. No. Oh well, that was a good fleshing out. <laughs> and of the story. it's always it's always that's what you need in a rom com. There's always that always, point where it's looking. Yes, and I, I, I never liked the ending because he deceived her. Yeah. And also another reason I didn't like it is that Alfie, the original tortoise, didn't end up with his his, his owner. owner. She, she he. There's a little coda at the end of the book that Alfie ended up with a girl and he, it was a typical girl with a roll down name like Matilda Fizzleworth you know like mm. a roll down name and years later ended up being twice his size so he ended okay. up getting to his to be a bigger tortoise but it took him much longer but I never liked that their entire relationship was based on a based lie. on a lie yeah and I think the, it was the film when I this this is a TV film for TV. and you've yeah, never yeah. seen it before no, no. I saw the year it was released on TV and I'm, as soon as I heard it was going to be a film I said they have to change that ending it won't work on film it might work in a little short little book but for a film for a film they have to have her find out the truth and they did and it, and it was fine yeah he's meant to be framed in such a way that oh isn't this so sweet this man doing all this work just to win her over and give her what she wants and give her her dream but it's actually pretty horrible would you and call it gaslighting uh, it's no. probably worse than gaslighting. It's more manipulative. Manipulative, I would say. Uh, my biggest thing Mostly is that, like, you kind of said, will she not know the difference? But to me, a tortoise is a tortoise is a tortoise. It's not, a, it's not like a dog. It's more like a goldfish type thing. Ah, but they'd have certain patterns on their shells, and that would change. Yes, but in terms of personality. Oh well, we're not talking about personality. Why is? I mean, what's no, the t- but no, but my, no, but like, if you were okay, so magic and magic, Connor and I have. A t- I just called you Magic. Connor and I have a dog called Magic. And you could replace her with an identical greyhound. An identical it, dog. You'd still be and able I to tell And I would absolutely difference. know in straight away that that wasn't my dog. You, you don't get that with a tortoise. No, but however, I feel like... There'd be... But there'd still certain, be physical differences. You wouldn't get There's physical exactly. differences, but I mean... I, I, in the book, they do preference... She's got a he, gammy leg. You just see, oh, she doesn't have a gammy leg. But... In the book, they preference that he only went for tortoises with very similar shells to Alfie. Mm. So, mind you, the tortoises in 
Dustin Hoffman's house. Some of them had like giant, you know, those different types of tortoises. Some of them have smooth shells and some of them have bumpy shells. I don't really understand why he bought all those tortoises. I think he, he bought all the tortoises in London, essentially, <laughs> to so that he could weigh them all and then say, oh yeah, that's the that's one ounce more. So yeah, then, you know, do it over a period yeah. of time. I think he just. But then got you would do that, and then you would say, all right, here are the tortoises, gonna, yeah. and then send them on other ones back. I think for two reasons. I think first of all, it was just easier for him to buy every tortoise every shop owner had, and then pick them when he got home. And also, it just made for a comedic effect for him to be hopping over. I did like though that you could see that he did care about the tortoises. Oh, he loved them. He loved the tortoises. He loved them, yeah. And he took really good care of them. I feel like his apartment would stink. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, reptiles are are smelly. Uh, Maybe he bathed them. (laughs) I don't think he did. And also, they're definitely getting salmonella from that chicken pie dinner he made. There was tortoises... Freaking everywhere, everywhere. He nearly served a tortoise to Mr. Pringle. He served them a he served them a bowl of poos. He didn't serve them a bowl of poo. Mr. Pringle helped himself. Mm. Nutty. <laughs> um, peppery? Did he not say? Peppery. Yeah. You're thinking of Austin Paris. Oh yeah, <laughs> the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I did, I. So that I rocket. thought Mr. Hoppy was actually a bit of a pathetic character. To be honest, <laughs> he didn't have any. Courage. Now, I know they describe him as very nice. He's a very nice man. He's very nice. This you know backbone. And he had no backbone. He didn't tell Mr. Pringle to fuck off when he was just yabbering on about himself and helping himself to his walkers. Helping himself to his his walkers. Oh, his crisps. Walkers. Oh, his crisps. crisps. His crisps, but also his dinner, his steak. <laughs> um, you know, his his alcohol, everything, and just his spoke, woman spoke about himself. Didn't even when he was asking it, when he asked her out on a date say actually I quite like no, her. That's you know I'd, I'd prefer you not to. The film was it was it there was quite the their use of Mr. Pringle was quite good though because they a few times he was he would he asked Miss Silver would she come for dinner and she had her earphones in and he didn't notice and then Mr. Pringle was like yes I'd love that and then it was Mr. Pringle who found. Alfie in the hall and brought yeah. her to so there, Mr. Pringle was used very well but he, was not, he wasn't in the book either oh was he not alright no. okay like yeah, the no, book I thought is it, bare it, bones it was very I know they used him well I, very but, well and he's but he was, it, it made Mr. Hoppy more of a pathetic character I no think. I don't think so I think it made I think it made Mr. Hoppy he more he was there uh, and he was actually very much Mr. Pringle was very much a Roald Dahl kind of character a real horrible person well, that you he, might expect in a Roald Dahl this, book. Yeah, but he, he had this line though in the middle where he was like, we're all very lonely and at the end of the day, Mr. Pringle, no, I don't think Mr. Pringle was horrible. He was just a self-centered. Judy Dench describes him pretty well at the end of Yeah, it. yeah. But how, did, how does she describe him? The, she's, the no, biggest she did, arse? No, she doesn't say that. She says I did, she makes some reference to something she did once that was horrible but she'd do that again rather than have another date with him. Like I, yeah, but she also describes him as like an arse. Does she say arse or something? Not arsehole, but arse munching yeah. bastard or something. Yeah. Arse munching bastard. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think she said Judy <laughs> Dench. <laughs> she said yes, something so like that. Vi- what was her name? Lavinia. 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 Yeah. What was Mr. Happy's name? Oh, I don't know. I don't think Do they, they even say it. Maybe not. What a lovely name, Lavinia. Ha- Lavinia, Lavinia Silver. Yeah. What a beautiful name. So, Mr. Hoppy 
no backbone, bit of a coward, and quite deceitful. And well, also decides it, when he, when she finds out. He decides to move. He decides to move out because his heart is broken, Connor. Also, fabulous gardener. His garden was beautiful in his balcony. His apartment was freaking awful. Minimalistically. Her apartment was gorgeous. I loved her flat. I'd say when we get I our own house, this is going to be the 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 ongoing debate yeah. between me and Paul. Paul on dinky little. Oh, it's so dinky and it's lovely. Miss <laughs> Silver had great style. Mm. You didn't like it. I thought it was nice for an eighty-one-year-old woman. No, it's fabulous. Which Paul is at heart. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I said. By the way, Dustin Hoffman's Oscars were for he's won two. Rain Man. Oh, Rain Man, of course, yeah. And I was right, Kramer v. Kramer. I've never seen Rain Man. Have you not? No. That's on Netflix now. I think we'll watch that. We should. Um, is that with Sean Penn as well? Yeah, it's uh, where he has... Um, is it autism? Or? So I did some autism training for my job a few months ago. And <laughs> I don't think it was very good training because the trainer kept referring to Rain Man. <laughs> <laughs> And I googled it later, and like all the articles about Rain Man were like, yeah, the autism community has totally disbanded this depiction of autism. It's <laughs> like, hmm, how much value was that training? Anyway, there we go. Yeah, I think Dustin Hoffman's great. I think he's a very he's he's yeah, he's, he's 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 accomplished. He, he's he's quite uh, like in this movie. You mean? In general, I like Dustin Hoffman. General, I, like I think him, yeah. he's a good actor. Good comedian. Comedic Very actor. good comedian. I, I I actually particularly liked when when he, uh, Judy Dench says, "Oh, and guess how heavy he is!" And he's like twenty-seven. Oh, 26 that was ounces. so cute. Twenty-six ounces, and she's like twenty-seven ounces. He's like, "You need to check your scales." That was that was the funniest. <laughs> line that was the funniest film. line, in the and movie. he delivered that wonderfully. Oh. One thing that I didn't like about this film is how they keep referring to her as stupid. It annoys yeah. me. But not the sharpest tool in the shed. Okay, it's okay. He, she calls herself, but whatever about her, that's fair. The little girl, fucking James Corden's the daughter, daughter yeah, says yeah. it as well. James Corden says it. And then when she says to Mr. Hoppy, I've never been the brightest bulb in the yeah. shed, he's like, but you, but you have other, other qualities. good qualities. No! That's not what you say, no, Mr. Hoppy. Mr. Hoppy. <laughs> no, you just say... What are you talking about? No, because... I don't... I, I know there's a, go, there's a difference between being stupid and being gullible. And she, you could say she was being a bit gullible, but it's very easy... I think easy she was being... I think because she, she seemed to have this... She wrapped up in this wonderful life and everything's wonderful and she just believed this she, lovely man. Yes, of course. And also, first Although, of all... I mean, the, the whole SEO trot thing is a bit silly. I, I know. Well, what do you, you suspend your disbelief. Does she say that in, does he say that in the book? Like, what? oh, I, does she say, oh, I know he, I'm not the sharp... No, light, because she never discovers book. that he's lying. Oh, yeah, of course. So... But does it say I, I feel like I feel, you know what it comes off that the film is like nobody would ever believe this nobody is this fucking stupid so yeah, they have to they have true. to keep on they have <laughs> to keep on true. hitting us over the head with the fact that well she's a fucking gobshite yeah. that she would believe this and that's not it's a film we can believe it. and people believe things that they want to believe even in this COVID-19 such <laughs> so as Christians so <laughs> 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 well just like if you be, if you're told something 
and it fits with your what you want to believe. You always give out to me about this. I've got quite a critical mind, and I, 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 I'm critical of things even though they are true. But when I hear them, I'm like, mm, that doesn't sound right. And then you're always like, you're a doubting Thomas. You don't, don't. Well, that's because I tell you things that I've experienced, and you doubt my experience of them. I don't doubt your experience. You'll, you'll say something, and I'll go, hmm. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> and then you'll be like, it fucking is. I got on the internet. I'll fucking prove it's it. Not, but and then you do prove it. Most of the time you prove it. And, and then I go, all right, that's fine. Hmm. You're just like, you're a doughty, 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 Because I could tell you something that I experienced, and I can't think of an example right now. But I because it doesn't happen, Paul. No. <laughs> I could tell you something that I experienced, and you're like, mm, I could just see you kind of go. Okay, hmm. but um, in terms of Mrs. Silver, though, so all she wants her the biggest thing in the world for her is for Alfie to get bigger. I don't know why that's a big deal for her, but there you go. Well, I suppose because in her past she was small, and she she just thinks that it wouldn't be nice to be small. So when he presents a, and also we have to remember that she thinks he's a hottie. She's mad about him. Mm. So this guy that she's mad about presents her with a solution to a problem. Well, then she believes it because it just fits with her narrative of what she wants to happen. It's like, yeah, like that. She she fancies the arse off this guy, so yeah, you know, she's just kind of like, okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah, if you say but, it so, I'll believe you. I I do think this is. So, I remember this occurred to me when I was in school that if you're told, just say you, Connor, are told something by someone. Uh, what happened? Chinese, Chinese I'll, I'll, I'll start this again. When I was in school, um, I had a science teacher, and they told I can't ex- I can't remember what they told us, but let's just say they told us that clouds were made of water vapor. And then my friend was in a different science class, and his science teacher told him something different, like clouds are made of gas vapor, or, you know, whatever. Doesn't matter what it was. And myself, I would say the first, the second teacher was whatever, in Egypt. Whatever. I'm just coming up with too stupid I don't know why I came up with that example but I remember getting into a, a big discussion a big argument with a friend of mine in school because my teacher had told me something that contradicted to what his teacher and I was so convinced that my teacher was correct and he was so convinced that his teacher was correct and I remember thinking afterwards why 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 just because I've heard from I've heard why is my teacher more Reliable, Correct and reliable than than yeah. his teacher and vice versa, but and and people are like that constantly because especially with social media, especially with this Corona and COVID nineteen, people are hearing all these things. And if I hear something that contradicts with something that you've heard, I am convinced that what I've heard is correct. But why? You believe you you humans, uh, I think, are programmed to. Uh, you know, the way we learn, the way we progress and our society progresses is knowledge is passed on. So if somebody puts up a convincing, you know, argument, argument not even, it doesn't even have to be convincing. It just has to make sense to a certain degree and yeah. be believable. You'll go, oh, that's you, Your loyalties to that argument will... I don't think I have particularly strong loyalties to arguments. Perhaps that's probably fair. Um, I kind of, but I think most people. I am, and I know a lot of our gang are, and I think most people are. If they hear something that they believe, they will be loyal as fierce to that until it's literally broken down. 
that's why so many people even like in terms of like the Trump thing and stuff well, people, people value their own people value they that they know what they know and that they that they have a but they will an understanding of the world but but they will bend their like if they believe Trump should be president or Hillary should be or Bernie or whatever that that will be more important they will bend everything else as long as the end destination is what they've originally decided because they believe that they that this is correct yeah and they they believe that so much that they're willing to um put aside other things which they also might believe to be correct such as christians believing that trump is a good man even though he contradicts everything that any you know you know and i don't want to be physical about this but you know that's an easy example the wine is out the politics comes out Mm. anyway that's why i don't think it's fair to call mrs silver stupid because because christians call trump (laughs) no because she or don't she wants to believe something therefore you can understand why she would fall for this trick Yes, but I mean, they—they uh, they all seem to say that she's not the brightest light bulb. They, uh, but the, but in, I feel like that's the, the film. The film is almost embarrassed by its own plot. Therefore, they keep on saying, "Well, that's because she's stupid. That's because she's stupid." And even Mr. Hoppy's <coughs> like, "But you have other qualities." I'm surprised that they didn't have a conversation about that when they were making it. And maybe Justin Hoffman said, mm, "Maybe I'll just say, oh no, Mrs. Silver, you're not.'" Uh, and you also have lots of other qualities you know <laughs> rather than just being yes I know you are thick but you have lots of wonderful qualities yeah. too yeah anyway there you go I wanted to talk a little bit about tortoises <laughs> stretching this podcast no, out no because I have I had I had a one of my first experiences in my life was with it uh, tell me about tortoises what's your experience with tortoises have you ever had a tortoise pet anyone you know how to tortoise pet I have seen and I think petted or touched tortoises. Uh, a guy in my class had terrapins, which are kind terrapins of are full of bacteria. You need to wash your hands after you touch a terrapin. I don't think I touched them. I think they were in a cage. He brought them in for like go and tell or whatever the Irish equivalent is. Tortoises were really popular pets. So the start of this book... Sto- I don't uh, feel they should be pets. Well, the start of this book has a little um, prologue talking about why people, you don't see tortoises anymore and this book was written in 1990 so like you really don't see tortoises anymore but in the 70s uh, maybe early 80s tortoises were like really popular pets and they were very easy pets i think they're because you could leave them mr mercedes he has a pet tortoise yes which is a freaking huge one and just chucks out a lettuce every now and again so when i was a child my grandparents had a tortoise sammy sammy the tortoise and he lived in their back garden and he would disappear every October or so. Uh, sometimes they would put him in a shoebox if they kind of figured when it was time to What's do it. Was he big? I feel like he was bigger than Alfie. I feel like he was probably about halfway between Alfie 1 and the last Alfie. They're not very big. No, no, like nothing. And they just left him out in the garden? Yes. And This is before all the foxes took out took, took over. Well, well... Oh. This hasn't got a very happy ending, Connor. Okay. But this, so Sammy the tortoise lived in my grandparents' back garden, and he would disappear. You, my grandparents had like a bit of had a, a rhubarb patch, and he would either disappear there to hibernate in the autumn, or before then they would try and catch him because they'd like to they'd like him to hibernate in a shoebox. But then, so 
and he would hibernate for a couple of months and then around springtime they would hear a shuffling in the shoebox and they would let him back out again and they would just always have and when i was on my early some of my earliest memories are going out to the back garden and there was a little bowl of water and a little plate of lettuce and cabbages and sammy would slowly walk over and chew on them but he did bite me once on my finger so even to this day when I could see Judy Dench holding the tortoise and petting his head I'm like oh be careful of your finger because he did hurt my finger because they have little beaks don't they little beaks yeah god love me he didn't hit him he, didn't, he probably thought my finger was a bit of lettuce that wasn't his fault and you were probably a kid poking at him and stuff and I was absolutely like, a kid poke. I probably lifted him up and I think I do remember dropping him once dropping him yes no wonder he bit you yes. I bite you yes I dropped him anyway there's, there's he's two. not got much else he can do no anyway what so happens to a tortoise if the if its shell gets cracked, will it heal? I imagine it would, but I imagine it's pretty traumatic for the tortoise. It's the because to- like you can't separate the shell from the tortoise. I dropped it on you? grass. Qualifying. <laughs> anyway, but like what? But like, could you crack a shell of a tortoise open and then like take the tortoise out of the shell? Oh, I think it would kill them. Right. They're attached. I mean, to yeah, it's, like, it's biological. Yeah, but like snails. Snails can be like extracted. No, no they can't. Can they not? No, no. From the shell? No. Are you sure? Yes. I thought snails could be taken out of the shell. You're thinking of hermit crabs. No, I'm not. I'm thinking about snails. No, snails cannot be... Snails' shells are organic. Well, I know they're organic, but the, like I thought they could be... Like like a nail, like a human nail. It's like that kind of material. The you're living material. in nails. But you can... You can cut off your nails and it's fine but like okay fine but think about how how much pain and like the damage that we've done to your finger and then think if that nail was all, pretty much all over your body yeah i don't know i didn't think anyway <laughs> anyway sammy the tortoise occasionally used to oh the story isn't finished no <laughs> Sorry. i have two more elements i have two more elements to say and then we can wrap this baby up of one more yeah sammy the tortoise used to get out of my grandparents garden quite a lot because okay. like they had a hedge covering the whole thing but if he found like a little bit he could mosey his way on and my nana was worried that he would get lost and he people wouldn't know where he came from but of course you can't put a name tag on a tortoise's neck you're or giving me a you? smile so what she did what my nana did to this beautiful tortoise shell. she got some tipex <laughs> And on his beautiful shell, shell, she wrote the address. Arda Park, whatever the number of the house was, Arda Park, Park, Black Rock. So then whenever he got out of the back garden, someone would find him and go, oh, I guess I know where he is. But then this poor tortoise had Tipex on his back. Luminous white Tipex. Yeah, it looks <laughs> stupid. Anyway. Um, Why did they just not like not let him just wander around the garden? Surely tortoises probably don't need that much space. I mean, they had a huge back garden. Like you could build them a little square box or something that he. Could I don't know. My, my, my nana adored Sammy. She really did love him. And Sammy would still be alive today because tortoises have very long lives. My grandmother and grandfather have since passed, but there's I have no doubt that Sammy should Sammy? still be alive today. What happened, to Sammy? Magpies. Magpies. My poor grandmother went out one morning to feed him his lettuce and there was blood everywhere. And the magpies had gone down and pecked his head off or something. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, my nana was so upset. All that was left 
was a shell. Um, do you know how we know that shell is his? Because <laughs> of the tiptoes. Yes. <laughs> poor oh, Sammy, poor he was Sammy. only about 10. And I'm surprised magpies could peck away at them. Those fucking magpies murdered I didn't Sammy. know those magpies. Was there like a magpie standing I across the way, like looking shifty and looking a bit suspect? With like a little little uh, cigarette cane must, hanging out of his mouth. I must ask my mother because maybe she saw them. And a little monocle. Maybe it's my like, nan saw them. Maybe that was just what my grandfather concluded. But anyway, poor Sammy was dead and they buried his... They should have kept his shell, but they didn't. They is it ethical him. to keep tortoise? Tortoise. Tort- well, the reason we don't have tortoises anymore is because so many of them died. They would be shipped over from Africa, I guess. And this is the the prologue to Esotrot, is they talk about why you don't get tortoises anymore. And the reason you don't get them anymore is because when they were shipped over to the UK, to Europe, and I think about 60 to 70% of them would die in transit. And it was just, and they just stopped it because it wasn't ethical. I don't know why they can't breed them over here. Yeah. But um, they they stopped they stopped them, and that's why you don't see tortoises anymore. But they were—you'd kind of think they were quite robust, and that they would. You would think the trip. that, would you? But they are reptiles, you know. But yeah, but that's the reason. Apparently, I would. Lo- I think a tortoise would be a lovely pet. Except you have to watch your fingers, or they don't bite you. Yeah, with their beaks. Anyway, there's a story of poor Sammy. Poor Sammy the tor- tortoise. Poor Sammy. Was it a turtle or a tortoise? So, do you know how you know the difference between a turtle and a? Do you know the difference? Turtles have flippers. Yeah, tortoises. Are so feast. just think, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They got it wrong. That's how you know. So Trot got it right. Yes. Tortoises have legs and turtles have flippers. Anyway, and I'm, I guess terrapins are something different again. There's some sort of off-breed mm. shoot thing. Anyway, I think we've covered everything. Dustin Hoffman was grand, great actually. Judy yeah. Dench, great, great. Mr. Pringle, very good, very good. James Corden. I don't find him charming at all. I I, I quite liked him. When we look at our list, though... Oh, no, no. There's something else I want to talk about. What's that, Paul? The director. Oh, okay. Okay, I bet you haven't looked up the director. This is exciting. Go on. Her name. Okay. First female director of Civil Screamers. First female director. This this is the first female director? Yes. All right, okay. Her name... Greta Gerwig. (laughs) <laughs> a little less lower down on the scale. <laughs> this is a TV movie. Dervla Walsh. Oh, I did actually look that up. Sorry, I did look that up. Dervla Walsh, a very Irish name. Um, I think is that the name of our, like? Don't we have an Olympian called Dervla Walsh? No, Dervla? you're thinking we do have an Olympian called Dervla. Uh, what's her surname? She's a a a, a runner. A Jumps over things. <laughs> hurdler. <laughs> so bad at sports. Yay, sports. <laughs> She's a hurdler. She jumps over stuff. <laughs> Dervla was. I've met her quite a few times. She volunteered in, a, in an old place I used to work in. Uh, this director? No, the hurdler. But you said she wasn't Dervla Walsh. No, it was a Dervla something else. <laughs> Dervla, 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 Dervla. Dervla Walsh is a female director from Ireland. Dervla Rourke. Yes, Dervla Rourke. She's got the same first name. Stop talking about Dervla Rourke that I used to work with. <laughs> She's a little, she's a little cockapoo. Anyway, but Dervla Walsh is 
a female Irish director. Very good. That's a good gig for her, directing Dustin Hoffman and Judy Dench. Yes. And she is a lesbian. Ooh, lesbian. And guess who her wife is? Um, Mervilla Walsh. Think of an Irish lesbian. <laughs> Anna Nolan. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. There you go. Anna Nolan, for our international listeners, yeah, was in is was a nun, and then she stopped being <laughs> a, a nun lesbian. And a lesbian. But she's like, I like vagina. She, she was in the first ever UK Big Brother, where she came second, though she probably should have won. And then she became a TV presenter, and she presented the Irish Bake Off, which no longer exists. Which no longer exists. Anyway, Dervla Walsh is her wife, and Dervla Walsh. I was just looking through her. This, I believe, this is her. She's more because this was a TV film. Yes. Is she has she done much since? No. Well, she's done lots since, but she's more of a, a TV director. Okay. So she's directed episodes of The Handmaid's Tale. Very good. The Punisher. Oh, very good, yeah. The Tudors. And she directed the entire series of a show I loved when I was a teenager called The Big Bow Wow. Never seen that. It was like it was okay, I loved it, but it was really, really by critics it was a TV show but around kind of the very early noughties RTE wanted to have like a cool edgy show with lots of young people having sex and doing drugs and they called it the was it their like uh, response to skins or something was it before skins it was more like their response to queers folk oh okay and it didn't do well and it wasn't I liked it because I was young and stupid oh did didn't that. you tweet that yes. some police officer yes there was a gay guy in it and he dated a Garda and it was like a gay Garda and he died <laughs> there's a gay guy in it and he dated a Garda and your man was a gay Garda <laughs> no there was a gay guy and he had a boyfriend who was a guard so it was a gay guard yeah well yeah okay obviously on. and the guard got stabbed and died and then I made I tweeted some gig Irish guy on Twitter who's like a kind of prominent gay Irish t- tweet tweet Twitter t- <laughs> <laughs> That's like a Roald Dahl book, The Twits. Some was prominent like, Irish guy is a twi- 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 tweeter. Tweety twatter. Twi- he said, like, has any, can anyone tell me some, like, Irish, uh, f- like, Irish gay fictional characters? And I just said, oh, there was this gay guard who died on Twitter <laughs> on a really bad show called The Big Bow Wow, even though I did like it. And, and then the actor yeah. tweeted me and was like, oh, that was me. I was that gay guard, lol. So I was like, oh, sorry. Uh, and then I said, you were probably the first. I can't remember how I worded it, but you know the cliche of like kill your gays where gay characters always get killed in TV? Okay. Yeah. Those black characters. Well, them too. Any minority, <laughs> you get killed first. And I said, you were probably the first victim of Irish you know and he was like oh yeah I never thought about that before so there you go but just remember folks that Twitter is public that's why I'm not on Twitter no anyway I don't I don't participate in the social that's, media that's Dervla Walsh uh, fair picture I mean I think the film is well directed but it's very simple it's I mean, stick a camera on Dustin Hoffman and Judy Dench and watch them oh, go. Oh no, there was some nice. I, I thought that there was some lovely. There was a lovely. The music choice was lovely with the tone. There was the oh the frantic crazy caper scene where uh, the tortoise falls off the balcony into yeah, somebody's shopping. 
I mean, that's the script, but I mean, and yeah, then it happened. It, it just so happens to be so the apartment directly above yeah. Miss the, I th- I liked the, the the music choices. It had this lovely nineteen. I guess the music was of the era that Mister Hoppy and Mrs. Silver would have been young. That lovely, and then yeah, I the lighting. The, the it was kind of it was a little bit surreal. I thought actually because yeah, when between his apartment and her apartment and the various scenes, it was that kind of setting of nine say nineteen fifties when they were both young. But you had this narration from James Corden and the apartment below, which was very much present day. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, and that was that's good. No, it was good. It was probably trying to show these two people were you know in love with each other, but and you know their time was the 1950s. I I just I just think this it is a very charming film. I do feel though at the end I I was a bit creeped out when he she comes back and says i'll marry you yes you know i fancy the whole of you too and he gives her a handshake yeah and and then she's like oh i think we can do a bit better than that and then they kiss and then i was kind of i I was a bit like even though they had a chemistry and they had a friendship i just didn't Hmm? i didn't i didn't get that sort of I don't know. I just I I, thought, I, know, I thought that kiss I thought was, it was very important. Weird at the no, end. I they, just didn't feel. It felt uncomfortable to me. You felt uncomfortable I, seeing them kiss. I That's felt uncomfortable. I've no no. You are no, grossed out no, by old not. people. Why not. do you hate old people? <laughs> you want to vomit when you see Judy Dench kissing someone. That's not true. Oh, I want to vomit when I see Judy Dench lifting her leg up in cats and showing her food. Stop this! Oh, that's what she did. Yes, but the, <laughs> you don't have to vomit when she does it. I did. I suppose I didn't get the spark of romance of them, which would then, when they went to kiss, would suggest to me, "Oh, yeah, that's natural. That's you know, that's a natural kiss because they're so caught up and swept I up in this romance." I think that's just because we don't. We're not used to seeing old people kiss, and we're not used to seeing old people being sexual. I don't think that's true. I mean, I think if I, you know, when I, if I'm watching anything on TV, say, and I see an old couple and they're very much in love and they kiss and this, I'm very much like heart melting. Oh, and your heart melting. I just didn't feel the. They felt to me more like friends very good friends no. then if I was watching first dates and I saw them uh, on their first date I'd go mm, they're going to give you the old oh yeah we'll we'll see each other as friends so you didn't vibe. think they had chemistry I think they had chemistry in a friend's way I don't think they had chemistry in a lover romantic kind of way which then when the kiss came I was like mm, okay. doesn't feel natural I, that's fair enough I disagree but fair enough I'm, I feel like I'm singing this film's praises. Are we, uh, I'm, done, I'm done talking to you. <laughs> well, I'm finished talking about the movie, I suppose, yeah. We, we made an hour and ten minutes out of yeah. it. I feel... By the way, have you picked another film? I'm sticking with my... Oh, yeah, I okay. want to get this... this uh, Some okay. like it hot. I am forgetting what I'm saying. What was I saying? Oh, yeah, I don't know. You said, are you done talking? I was like, yeah, I have my other film. Oh, yes. 
I, I have nothing but like positive things to say about this film, but I also feel that there's so little meat on the bones that I, 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 even though I feel like there's not a lot wrong with this film, I don't feel there's much area for something to go wrong because there's so little yes. there to talk about. So I feel like when I look at our list, which I have in front of me, do you have it in front of you? Um, I have it in my head. Okay. I think that's I'm not true. I'm opening it now. Hold on. <laughs> I th- You've got it open there. Just show yeah, it to me. Yeah. I'm, 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 if I'm honest, I'm putting it low, and it's not because I don't like it. I just don't think it deserves. I'm, I I think there's more complex movies, yeah, which might so, be. Yeah, I'm putting it above nine anyway. Yeah, oh, I'm putting it a bit. I'm gonna put it. Uh, my instinct is below to Don put it Darko? at eight. So to put it below Donny and below Flatliners. Yeah, that's fair. Look at us agreeing again. Mm-hmm. Look at us agreeing again. I think this is not making for a fun podcast. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll no, but, but, but the the bigger the list gets, the more likely for arguments. That doesn't seem to be the case because we've just both agreed in the last two weeks. Both. Last two, mm-hmm. but then we like nearly had split up after <laughs> Fiddler. after Fiddler. <laughs> Jesus, I was just having a debate, Paul. Whatever. I don't think. No, we're in a stable I find, relationship. <laughs> I find it more charming than Flatliners, and I just enjoy it more. But I, I think Donnie Darko is a more clever plot, and I think yeah, I don't think it, it would be weird to put it above Donnie Darko. Uh, so yeah, okay, so great. So we both agree. So So Trot number eight. Number eight. Eight. Awesome. So Trot. So Trot. So Trot. So Trot. Big poopies. 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 Okay, so I'm looking up my. So, your film, will you pick. Go on, tell us what it is again. Uh, Some Like It Hot. From 1958, I think. Yes. Yeah. I am going. So, we have kind of exhausted. I actually struggled for this because. So, Trials 2015. Sex and City 2008 and Mirror's Wedding 1994 I think so we've we've, we have to really stretch in the 80s yes so it had to be at least 80s so I am picking a film that was pretty important to me as a kid that I haven't seen in about 20 years called Splash Splash Tell me what you know about Splash. I only know the TV show called Splash with Tom Daly in his little... Um, no, it's not a reality TV show about diving. Banana hammock and diving and that. No? no. Okay. Tom Hanks, Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah's a mermaid. Okay. Okay. Fall in love. I might have seen that, actually. I mean, it was a huge film when it was yeah. released. Okay. It's probably Daryl Hannah's biggest role. I am going to go with heads. So what are you picking, Paul? You know what I'm picking, baby. <laughs> Tails is Tails is apt for Splash she has a tail because she's Heads You know what Connor I'm happy for you Thank you I really wanted to see something Yes I mean You've had that since the start Yeah that was the only one I had Well you had Muriel's Wedding so now it's oh, 50-50. So now it's fifty-fifty for rom-coms. Cool, uh, but I think I think it's I think some like it hot is objectionably a better film than Splash. <laughs> oh, I think we would have liked Splash. Okay, but some like it hot's a better film. So and we're going way back to the fifties. Back to nineteen fifty-nine. Back to nineteen fifty-nine. Awesome. Okay. Well, listen. Uh, 
You've been listening to Silver Screamers with Paul and Connor. And you can add us on Instagram. In fact, please do. Add us on Instagram, which is Silver Screamers. Add us on SoundCloud, which is Silver, Silver hyphen. Screamers, hyphen Screamers. Or you can look at our website, uh, SilverScreamers.com. And find us on iTunes. And if you could go to, on iTunes and give us... I was doing a bit of research. If you go to iTunes and leave us a review... That's how other people will discover us. Oh, and give us five stars and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Or even four. Whatever you If think. we've got like we've got self esteem. I issues. feel like I feel like if you gave us four stars, you wouldn't still be listening to this part of the podcast. Well, yeah. You know what? I'm very comfortable that this is the only SEO trot podcast in the world. I think you're going to go and find somewhere now that has another no, SEO trap. No, so no? hopefully, I'm hoping that someone will Google, be like, SEO podcast. podcast, and they'll come across us. So, oh, well, maybe. Could if happen. that's you, give us a five star review. And until then, how do you say goodbye backwards? Eebdug. Uh, Eebdug. All right, see you. Bye. Sarah, <laughs> 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 <laughs>